It's pretty impressive. The Real-Time Crime Center, we took some time when we implemented it. What's our mission? What do we want to do? Yeah. And it's always, let's do what we can to help our community. And this is how we're going to help them. We're going to try and get officers on scene and get them the help they need as quickly as possible. It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rule book, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. It's time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. I'm Susan Campbell, and this is The Big Rethink. Many TV shows and movies have taken us into the heart of high-tech crime centers. How does technology make our world a safer place? The Mesa, Arizona Police Department is putting real-time crime center technology to the test in their very own state-of-the-art center. From advanced software and data analytics to surveillance and social media monitoring, the ability to collaborate in crises and provide real-time updates to the officers in the field is not only improving the efficiency and effectiveness of law enforcement operations, but it saves lives. In this week's episode, we speak with Sergeant Fraylin Young about how Mesa, Arizona is using cutting-edge technology like advanced software mapping and various integrated law enforcement tools to put their citizens' safety first. Sergeant Young, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is such a cool topic. I love all the kind of police shows, Jack Bauer and 24. (laughs) And it it sounds like you're getting pretty close to that. So let's kind of start with where most people's familiarity is around law enforcement and the tech centers, the shows they see on TV like NCIS or Law and Order. And could you give us an inside look into the role that law enforcement plays in solving crimes using this crime center technology? Are those shows accurate? To a point, they are. Uh-huh. Law enforcement uh, historically is is not the TV show. When you turn on the show and they have a crime and they have a big wall of TVs and the suspects identified and very quickly and you know usually within the sixty minute section <laughs> of, that time, of that show. But we are making huge strides and gains in that arena for utilizing the technology that we do have uh-huh. um, to identify quickly perpetrators or suspects of crimes. And in Mesa. Like you mentioned previously, we, uh, we implemented a real-time crime center within the last year or so. And we've used that center to bring in a lot of our databases, a lot of our technology regarding GPS locations of our vehicles, GPS locations of cameras that we have for municipality that may be in the area of a crime. So let's say you call 911 and you need help from the police department. The call comes through and our real-time crime center has the ability to see that call come up on a citywide map. Oh, wow. And the detectives and the, and the operators inside of the real-time crime center will say, okay, yeah, there's a 911 call coming in. I'm going to listen into that call. So as you call 911, you'll be talking to an operator, right? The operator will be asking you questions regarding what's going on, where are you at, do you have any injuries? And the real-time crime operator on the other side will be hearing this information At the same time, they'll be looking at our resources in the area. They'll be looking for officer locations. Okay, we have two officers that are close. The victim or the reporting party in this case says that the suspect left eastbound. Do I have any any cameras in that area, which are noted on that map? Right. So the real-time operator can actually select those cameras and see if they can see the suspect. Yeah. Or if you say, you know, whatever happened, you know, it happened five minutes ago. 
they have the ability to go there to that location if it's a city camera and they can rewind five minutes, 10 minutes. So you're getting pretty darn close to (laughs) to the way the TV shows portray it pretty close. And then we can utilize all of our resources at that point. Wow. Before it even gets dispatched to patrol officer, the real-time crime operator can bring in our aerial assets, a UAS or our helicopter, or even our fixed wing. Hey, if they're in the area, we have this crime in progress. We need you to respond to this area. Wow. Okay. Hey, Sergeant Young, we see you're a quarter mile from this call on the radio. Can you start heading this direction? So we've actually had, since we've implemented uh, this crime center, we've actually had our, our operators real-time crime operators on view a call on the, on the camera, like in a park or something right. that's going on. And before the call comes in to 911, we have officers responding. So it's a real team effort then, and, and there's a lot of support for the officer in the field. Yes. I think that's kind of maybe what isn't really portrayed well in the shows and things when you're seeing it, and I wouldn't have known that that's kind of how it goes, right? The officer is really the eyes and situational awareness on site, but he or she has so much backing them up in the center. Yes, and it, and it increases our efficiency, which gives our citizens that are needing help, that are calling us for help, a timely, quick response. Right. And it increases our efficiency as, as uh, law enforcement. If somebody's being victimized in our community, what's our, what's our mission? Right. We try to not let that happen. We try to help victims. That's right. Our, that's our primary function. And um, if we can get there quickly, we can get the right resources on scene, whether they be law enforcement, medical, whatever needs to be done quickly, we've accomplished our mission. Yeah. And, and we do that every day. The Real-Time Crime Center is involved in incidents every day where they're helping bringing our resources to the law enforcement resources on scene as quickly as possible. I've seen some videos or I've seen some incidents where the suspect is in commission of the crime and they literally pause because they're being watched by the camera who's talking to a patrol officer on a radio and the officer is responding with lights and siren. And it looks like they can hear the officers oh coming. Oh my gosh. So it's like kind of like, you know, a deterrence. So it's taken a process. It's taken a little, a few years. And we toured all over the country uh-huh. um, to see what, you know, we'd go to agencies and be like, what worked for you? What oh, didn't work for you? Smart. And why didn't it work? Or why did it, why did it work? Or why didn't it, you know, and just those types of questions. And then we applied it to our mission and um, which... They're pretty much all the same if it's law enforcement. Right. But we applied it to ours and what what were our goals and our clear mission parameters, and we implemented. So know. how did you personally get involved in the center? Like, what was the draw for you? Or Well, you know, I've been with Mesa for 25 years, and I've done patrol. I've done uh, gang enforcement and some uh, special investigations. And this type of stuff was the things that we used to talk about you know, when we're writing reports, oh, we wish we could do this, or if we had, you know, oh, if we had okay. access to that camera, or we could do this or that or whatever the deal may be. And at the point, you know, the technology wasn't there. Right. When I, when I started, we were handwriting reports. Wow. To, to be honest. And now yeah. we're not there anymore. Right. We're way past that voice to text and all this other stuff. And finally, the technology has come full circle where we can apply the private sector technology, that we can apply it in our area of, uh, of expertise. So... But that real world experience and the, you know, the, the situation where you were doing all the paperwork and the analog version of policing, right, mm-hmm. really kind of puts you in the right spot to roll out the technology and make that digital transformation. Yeah. And prior to this, it's not all in com- We're new. We're still working through some integrating in our investigations. So let's say, you know, I'd had a, there was a crime that attend- or occurred some at some location and Previously, you know, we would send detectives out 
and they would go collect the video and yeah. do, you know, and it was like a manual process. Now we can call people, hey, supermarket, do you have video from this right. day to this time? Yeah, because we're, we're investigating this crime. Okay. And they can share it to us electronically now, whereas before we would actually... <laughs> You'd have to go get the tape. <laughs> we would drive somebody out there, burn a CD or a right. USB, and right. then hopefully you don't drop it or break it or scratch it or something like that before you put it in, you know, during evidence or whatnot. So now, you know, now it's like a phone call or a text message or a link on an email. Wow. Hey, we, we understand you have video or I have video I'd like to share with you. Oh, great. And let me send you an email. Right. Okay, share, share it with us. That's awesome. And then how, how many people are working in the center, like on a, on a daily basis? We are trying to grow the center. Right now we have seven right now. Okay. Um, but we are hiring for that center. We're hiring for a lot of positions in my, my city uh-huh. uh, and I'm police department. But as the work grows, because it, it's uh, when we first opened, we were opened primarily in the morning hours to early afternoon. Okay. And as we opened and we identified that, hey, you know, this is really good. We're actually helping our officers on the street. We've expanded the hours to cover weekends, to cover up to wow. late swing shift hours now. I see it growing, continue to grow, and it's a good center. The people that we have, the team that my chief put together to run that operation, to run that center, are second to none in the country, in my opinion. They're, That's awesome. Yeah. And it's amazing to me when you the way you describe it, too. It's the officer doesn't have to be the one orchestrating the request this or request that, you know, so way, sometimes the way that is portrayed on television. But you all are just working it from the minute 911 call comes in, you go to work. Yes. That's amazing. And we can have a suspect or some someone gets away. You know, we're not able to respond in time. We're able to collect that evidence and give a timely release of that evidence instead of waiting right. 24 hours or however long it'll take. It's almost instantaneous. We'll get a, a video screenshot, you know, be on the lookout for this person. And this is for our internal or external, if depending upon the type of crime it is. We got a screen grab from a video. This is the suspect to everyone in the organization or right. investigators to to try and share that information in a timely wow. manner. And the timeliness and getting on scene and getting the right resources on scene, we're trying to maximize our effectiveness and our efficiency. When you do that, it inherently increases officer safety. Sure. It's funny you mentioned that as the point there that I was just thinking, you know, a lot of times we have conversations about automation and we're talking about manufacturing or, you know, like so that we can produce a widget at a lower cost or, you know, this or that for entertainment. But here we're talking about life and death. We're talking about, you know, saving civilian lives and officer lives. And that's got to be a heavy load. It has to be a little overwhelming to think about all of the data that can be captured from crime hotspots to officer real-time locations. And is there a downside maybe to having so much data to collect? How do you live through that process of sifting through all the information and informing the officer with the right data at the right moment? When we implemented the system, we did a holistic top-to-bottom review of ourselves as far as an agency goes regarding our storage. Obviously, that information, and, and we're talking about data, we're talking about criminal justice information, right, or yeah. related to a case. Say you have UAS footage or you have footage from somebody's doorbell cam or something like that. You have to take that into account because you have to put that somewhere. Yeah. And it has to be secure and it has to be within the guidelines of CGIS. You know, we have to follow CGIS guidelines and for, for securing and that's what, one of the things we did is we had to increase our storage capacities uh, internally, uh, whether we use that on the cloud or we have servers that we can secure that infor- or that data. And then we have to have the, the right management system 
before that, you know, to tag it, make sure that it's tagged correctly, that it has the right number, the report number or the incident number, the type of case it is, who the case agent is, all that information goes in on the front end. And so it's easy to retrieve on the, um, when it's needed for the case or to share. And you can get overwhelmed. The amount of data that's coming through just on a daily basis is, is overwhelming. Sure. So you just have to be able to identify what is pertinent and what is not pertinent to the case and make sure that it's categorized and stored in, a, in the <laughs> right location and the right people have access. Right. And the, those that don't need access don't have it, which in a law enforcement organization such as mine, we have pretty tight uh, security measures put in place for that type of things. The person who does all the tagging and categorization, that would be like my favorite person. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like the librarian, right? That would be a fascinating conversation too. How do you catalog all that? I can't find files on my own laptop most of the time. Yeah, that runs the gamut of not only, you know, third party data that we're getting from that people are sharing with us or we're taking as part of evidence for a case, but you know, that includes interview room systems, body camera systems, the reconstruction systems that we use for accident reconstructions, those those oh, files, wow. everything in the digital medium now that we have to secure and store and save for court and for retention standards Sure. within our state. It's so much to coordinate, it's amazing. The technology is so diverse and there's just so many different systems and the integration of all those systems. I'm, I'm blown away at how you use them so quickly and efficiently. What are some, maybe some specific new technologies that you're exploring? Is there anything that's kind of come into the portfolio recently that you're excited about? A couple of things we we're looking at is going on our previous conversation about uh, management of, of evidence and, and data. Some kind of, we're, we're looking at kind of like a Google search called the federated search. As an investigator, I can go in and I can put, okay, Fraylin Young, like in a search category category on this program and it will search everything in our system. I need to know everything about that we have about Fraylin Young in our system regarding case number, whatever, put in my name and it'll give you a result and it'll say, okay, yeah, Fraylin Young was related to this incident number. And as a result of that, this file was put into evidence. Wow. And this is where it's at. Hit this hot link and it just goes to it. You know, so that's kind of where we're looking now just as a, as a management to make it easier on our investigators and our personnel, because Previously and historically, you know, we have silos. We've had silos. We have this program and it's siloed here. Right. And we have this program and it's siloed here and it's siloed here. And you have to, you have to have like 50 million passwords. And I'm not so good with passwords these days. <laughs> so um, I just had to change my password this morning. So, Took me three times. <laughs> you, and, you and me both. So we're kind of looking at that kind of integration yeah. where we can, where they can go into one place. And uh, it's a one-stop shop for searching and trying to locate cases or whatnot or whatever is related to the case that we need. Wow. Just to kind of close things out, um, the future, right? Let's look at the future for a minute. With all the technology that you've been deploying and are investigating and you're using, how do you see that that attracts talent to the field? Like, what's that real impact on recruiting for officers for, you know, today, tomorrow? I think with with the gains that we've had in the technology section, especially with my agency, is we are very forward-looking. We're very progressive. We identify those things that are going to make our officers' jobs easier, more efficient, and safer. From the time that our recruits come into the academy and before they're released to the street for field training, they come to my area and we train them the apps that we use on our phone. Oh, cool. Um, tough books in our cars, how to utilize them, how to write electronic tickets. Before we were and writing tickets, and we're not doing that anymore. You can use your phone to scan driver's licenses, run checks, right. you know, uh, and capture that information and then 
electronically it's shared across whatever kind of report that you want where you're not duplicating things three times because there are still agencies in our country that are handwriting reports and, and tickets Amazing. and manually entering in the information crime stats into a database and we're we're past that every i think everybody's is moving towards that direction where it's right. automated and electronic but i think that type of uh recruitment and, and that type of equipment and, po- and processes that we have in place right now does good for it attracts uh, for re- talent yes to your, exactly absolutely. and you know we have laterals that come over and by the way we are hiring in case anybody's interested in mesa pd but we have laterals that come over from other agencies and are like, we never had this on the phone. We couldn't use an app to do this. We're like, yeah, oh, that's so know. cool. So it's very exciting. And we have these apps on our phone. That doesn't mean that we're done. Right. We continue to look what's going to make our jobs easier and quicker and more efficient. And I think we do a good job at that at Mesa. Sure sounds like it. Well, thank you so much for coming to talk to us today. Before we sign off, if you've enjoyed today's podcast and you'd like to help us grow by visiting our feed on iTunes to rate and review and subscribe, or if you listen on Spotify, be sure to hit follow. That's it for us. I'm Susan Campbell, and that was another episode of The Big Rethink. Rethink.